13 minutes after 8. Thank you for joining us for Hashtag Fresh Politrix. Joining us this morning is Labohang Peko, Senior Researcher and Analyst at Trade Collective. Malebza. Okay, we are struggling to get a hold of Lebo. What did you think of the reshuffle? What reshuffle? Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad we have a young minister. Okay. Who I hope uh, is passionate about communications and broadcasting. Okay. Because I almost felt like a lot of our communications ministers were political appointees and not necessarily passionate about communication. But I'm just bothered about getting a third communications minister in such a short space of time, especially, especially in light of what's, what's happening. happening at the SABC mm. specifically. Well, if the, mm. the one before the one before hadn't cocked up digital migration, maybe it wouldn't be here. But anyway, Lebo Hampeku, hi. Hi, Fresh and colleagues, how are you? Uh, thank you for thank joining you. us. Was it really a cabinet reshuffle? Or are we just throwing that word around because we're used to it now? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I mean, it was very cosmetic, wasn't it? And I even put it, some political scientists would argue that you need a lot more than two um, minor adjustments to call it a reshuffle, particularly because if it's something, there's management. Um, this is basically political management. So you're yes. managing mm-hmm. the fact that somebody passed away, Edmar Mulewa. Mm-hmm. You're also managing the fact that there's been a scandal in the in the person of Mr. Malusi Gaba. So those are not really reshuffled. Those yeah. are people who needed to be replaced anyway. In fact, um, and then, in, mm. in fact, card players will tell you that if you remove two jokers, they've already shuffled the wow. card. Wow. Yeah. If you remove the two Joker cards, mm. have you shuffled the cards? Mm. No. This is so true. This is true also. But I mean, I, I, I just caught in, I was just eavesdropping to you, to you, to you chat, talking about the Ministry of Communications. Remember, though, that that's not the only one that's been quite unstable over the last um, few years. Mm. There's also public enterprises, um, Ministry of Public Works. Um, and public administration. The corporative governance, COCTA, has also been, and that's where Des Van Ruin, by the way, also became minister for two seconds. Pravin Gordon was also, after his one second at finance, Pravin Gordon was also there. So there, there, there's a level of instability that has been a feature of Ntadeh Zuma's form of reshuffling. Now that man could reshuffle. That was mm-hmm. reshuffling. Mm-hmm. We had about 11 or 12, if I'm counting correctly, reshuffled on his watch. At night. The average, <laughs> yeah, I know who and the average le- mm, exactly it says a lot and the average length of that was of course there was about eight months so you know there's a, it's not just about reshuffling people and the instability that that brings to our sensibilities remember that there's policy discontinuity there's a loss of institutional memory there's a loss of processes that might be taking place between ministries mm-hmm. there's also a lot of processes of for example if you reshuffle for um, you know ministry of defense uh, Ministry of um, you know International Relations, hypothetical. Remember that these people have to relate to their international peers. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to be reshuffling ministries of finance, use an example of you know huge instability, where people must relate to their peers internationally, relate to processes like the G20, um, you know Davos, etc. When you have somebody new coming in every six months. What message, what tone does this set? Mm. And of course, what kind of morale does this, the lack of morale and the loss of, 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 of process and policy management and mm. leadership, of course, leaks into, um, you know, institutional and operational processes. 
Um, I wanted to ask something. This is something that Mpo and I actually spoke about last week when the reshuffle mm. itself happened, that mm. all this is, is Ramaphosa still walking a factional tightrope more than mm. anything. Yeah. And Mpo mm. said that her father was saying that he needs to do this. He has to walk this factional tightrope right now mm. until mm. the elections happen next year. And then mm. maybe he'll be able to assert himself more as the president mm. as far as reshuffling is concerned. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've heard that and I, I, I hear it. My concern is that is that you're not president of the ANC and you're not president of ANC factionalism. You're president of the country mm-hmm. and you need to govern the country right now. Um, you need to also take into account that there's a distinction between governing the, the ANC and governing the state and governing people, including people who don't vote ANC. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to make decisions that are not just about... There's an over... You see, what has happened is that because of the ANCification of this governance process and of the reshuffling process, it is actually discarding the other imperatives, which are about, you know, redistributing power, redistributing ideas, redistributing mm-hmm. intergenerational, um, intergenerationalism, um, and, and also having this policy continuity that I was talking about. That's actually been thrown under the bus because of this tight balancing act. And, and with mm-hmm. all due respect, it also makes a very arrogant presumption that the ANC is entitled to win next year's election. Mm-hmm. They probably will win, but, um, but I don't think that that is the correct premise. And I mean, yeah. this is the problem that I've been having, you know, that I've been concerned about observing the ANC over the last while, that this, this distinction, there's a very blurry line between ANC politics and state politics mm. and parlamentary politics, which mm. is why somebody like Mebale Gambetta will go and talk to people in parliament as though she's running an ANC branch meeting yeah. and castigate mm. people as though she's running a Montessori crutch um, of the ANC <laughs> rather than addressing parliamentary, you know, parliamentary processes. So this kind of, this blurriness continues to be clear mm. in the internal factionalism and in the way that, that Ramaphosa is also uh, is also posturing himself. He's mm. tougher than this guy. Yeah. This is the guy, by the way, who oversaw the Marikana massacre. I'm going to call it out just like that. Mm. So he's not weak. This is a man who has made accrued millions, hundreds of millions of, 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 of rands over the last 20 years. You don't get, you don't get to be, get that far in business yeah. by being weak. Yeah. So I think that there's something that is lacking. Um, and I think that the position, I don't, I don't buy that he's weak. I, 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 perhaps he is being strategic, but I do think that he needs to be to, to use a lot of, a lot more of that um, calculating mm. ruthlessness in this in this particular instance because he's governing a country, not mm. only a party. Mm. Nineteen mm. minutes after eight, this is Fresh Breakfast on Metro FM. We're hanging out with Lebohang Pegu for Fresh Politrix. Uh, Lebohang is a senior research and analyst at Trade Collective. Now, mm. Lebo, speaking of the likes of Batabili Zamini, who is still in a position, well, is still an MP, really. Is that a missed opportunity? Because if you're going to talk of a cabinet reshuffle, she's one of the people that a lot of South Africans looked at to literally not be reshuffled, but taken out completely. Well, I mean, you know, you see, there, there are lots of people who need to be uh, removed and, and um, you know, redeployed into other spaces. Mm. Um, and and my, the, the, the whole point of a reshuffle is exactly that. It's management. It's about rewarding performance. Often it's about giving people career career. Uh, career aspirations, people mm. who are rising stars, who have talents, or who have been also rewarding loyalty. In this instance, it's also become about, of course, 
bal- this, 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 this tight balancing of um, people who hold a particular amount of power within the NC. And then Meba Tabilezan is one of them, clearly. She, is, she holds a particular sway. She has a huge constituency, as does Menom Vula. So, you know, these are, these are the choices that we are being forced to deal with. But remember also that a cabinet is supposed to be a reflection of an ethical compass yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and the kind of leadership that we want to see, the kind mm. of leadership that we want to see reflecting back at us. Mm. And again, that's something that needs to be cultivated intentionally because mm. uh, values and ethics, unfortunately, are not things that we necessarily are born with or that we are that are embedded in us. Which is why we have we have we have speed traps so to stop us from speeding. We have CCTV to stop us from 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 shoplifting. Well, no, I don't I don't believe that we're always inherently good people, mm. yes. but we can develop a culture and an ethic because if there are enough sanctions, checks, balances, incentives, but also enough um, that, that there are also the incentives for those people who do wrong uh, to understand that there will be consequences. And that's mm. what's not been happening.